Welcome to the United by Strength podcast. Hard work knows no gender, race, sexuality, or creed. It is the universal building block upon which successful tribes are built. Here, you will learn from powerlifting coaches, gymnastics coaches, CrossFit coaches, nutrition coaches, and strongman coaches. We collaborate and share best practices and want to bring our experience and continuing education to you. A theoretical template for CrossFit's programming, beginning on the top of page 70. The What is Fitness Part 1 article explores the aims and objectives of our program. Most of you have a clear understanding of how we implement our program through familiarity with the workout of the day from our website. What is likely less clear is the rationale behind the workout of the day, or more specifically, what motivates the specifics of CrossFit's programming. It is our aim in this article to offer a model or template for our workout programming in the hope of elaborating on the CrossFit concept and potentially stimulating productive thought on the subject of exercise prescription generally and workout construction specifically. What we want to do is bridge the gap between an understanding of our philosophy of fitness and the workouts themselves. That is, how we get from theory to practice. CrossFit.com has never used this template for its programming, but it provides new trainers a way to effectively apply variants within the tenets of CrossFit's methodology. At first glance, the template seems to be offering a routine or regimen. This may seem at odds with our contention that workouts need considerable variance or unpredictability to best mimic the often unforeseeable challenges that combat sport, and survival demand and reward. We have often said what your regimen needs is to not become routine. But the model we offer allows for a wide variance of mode, exercise, metabolic pathway, rest, intensity, sets, and reps. In fact, it is mathematically likely that each three-day cycle is a singularly unique stimulus never to be repeated in a lifetime of CrossFit workouts. The template is engineered to allow for a wide and constantly varied stimulus, randomized with some param- within some parameters, but still true to the aims and purposes of CrossFit. Our template contains sufficient structure to formalize or define our programming objectives while not setting in stone parameters that must be left to variance if the workouts are going to meet our needs. That is our mission, to ideally blend structure and flexibility. It is not our intention to suggest that your workouts should or that our workouts do fit neatly and cleanly within the template, for that is absolutely not the case. But the template does offer sufficient structure to aid comprehension, reflect the bulk of our programming concerns, and not hamstring the need for radically varying stimulus. So, as not to seem redundant, what we are saying here is that the purpose of the template 
is as much descriptive as proscriptive. The template macro view. In the broadest view, we see a three-day-on, one-day-off pattern. We have found that this allows for a relatively higher volume of high-intensity work than the many others that we have experimented with. With this format, the athlete can work at or near the highest intensities possible for three days straight. But by the fourth day, both neuromuscular function and anatomy are hammered to the point where continued work becomes noticeably less effective and impossible without reducing intensity. And we're going to take a break here for one of the most famous quotes from Coach Glassman. The magic is in the movement, the art is in the programming, the science is in the explanation, and the fun is in the community. Back to the second paragraph on page 71. Before that, though, table one is at the top of page 71. This uh, shows you in, in visual detail the three days on, one day off model, and it gives you a visual representation of the um, what they're going to be talking about here in this theoretical template. Also below that, it has the five days on, two days off option for the template, different variances of, of what they're going to be talking about here. So back to paragraph number two. The chief drawback to the three days on, one day off regimen is that it does not sync with the five days on, two days off pattern that seems to govern most of the world's work habits. The regiment is at odds with, it, with the seven-day week. Many of our clients are running programs within professional settings where the five-day work week with the weekends off is de rigueur. Others have found that the scheduling needs of family, work, and school require scheduling workouts on specific days of the week every week. For these people, we have devised a five days on, two days off regimen that has worked very well. The workout of the day was originally a five on, two off pattern, and it worked perfectly. But the three on, one off pattern was devised to increase both the intensity and recovery of the workouts and the feedback we have received and our observations suggest that it was successful in this regard. If life is easier with five on, two off, do not hesitate to employ it. The difference in potential between the two may not warrant restructuring your entire life to accommodate uh, the more effective pattern. There are other factors that will ultimately overshadow any disadvantages inherent in the potentially less effective regimen, such as convenience, attitude, exercise selection, and pacing. For the remainder of this article, the three-day cycle is the one in discussion, but most of the analysis and discussion applies perfectly to the five-day cycle. Elements by modality. Looking at the template macro view, or table one, it can readily be seen that the template is based on the rotation of three distinct modalities, monostructural metabolic conditioning, or M, gymnastics, or G, and weightlifting, or W. The monostructural metabolic conditioning activities are commonly referred to as cardio the purpose of which is primarily to improve cardiorespiratory capacity and stamina. 
They are repetitive, cyclical movements that could be sustained for long periods of time. The gymnastics modality comprises bodyweight exercises and elements, or calisthenics, and, is prim- and its primary purpose is to improve body control by improving neurological components such as coordination, balance, agility, and accuracy, and to improve functional upper body capacity and trunk strength. The weightlifting modality comprises the most important weight training basics, Olympic lifts and powerlifting, where the aim is primarily to increase strength, power, and hip-to-leg capacity. This category includes any exercises uh, with the addition of an external load. Table 2 gives the common exercises used by our program, separated by modality, in fleshing out the routines. So table two down here, uh, again, has a lot of these broken up uh, and displays the exercises in a list. There's also a very, very nice uh, worksheet with a lot of different exercises by category in the level two training guide. Up to the top of page 73. For metabolic conditioning, the exercises are run, bike, row, and jump rope. The gymnastics modality includes air squats, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, handstand push-ups, rope climbs, muscle-ups, presses to handstand, back and hip extensions, sit-ups and jumps, vertical, box, broad, etc. The weightlifting modality includes deadlifts, cleans, presses, the snatch, the clean and jerk, medicine ball drills and throws, and kettlebell swings. The elements or exercises chosen for each modality were selected for their functionality, neuroendocrine response, and overall capacity to dramatically and broadly impact the human body. Workout structure. The workout structure varies by the inclusion of one, two, or three modalities for each day, as in Table 3. Days 1, 5, and 9 are each single modality workouts, whereas days 2, 6, and 10 include two modalities each, also known as couplets. And finally, days 3, 7, and 11 use three modalities each, or triplets. In every case, each modality is represented by a single exercise or element, i.e., each M W and G represents a single exercise from either metabolic conditioning, weightlifting, and gymnastics modalities, respectively. When the workout includes a single exercise, as in days 1, 5, and 9 in the table, the focus is on a single exercise or effort. When the element is a single M, day 1, the workout is a single effort and is typically a long, slow distance effort. When the modality is a single G, as in day five, the workout is practice of a single skill, and typically this skill is sufficiently complex to require great practice and may not yet be suitable for inclusion in a timed workout because the performance is not yet adequate for efficient inclusion. When the modality is the single W, or day nine, the workout is a single lift and typically performed at high weight and low repetition. It is worth repeating that the focus on days one, five, and nine is single efforts of cardio 
at long distance, improving high skill, more complex gymnastics movements and single low rep, heavy weightlifting. At the bottom of page 73 is table three workout structure. And this goes into uh, the differences between the couplets, triplets, and single modality days. This is not the day to work sprints, pull-ups, or high repetition clean and jerk. The other days would be more appropriate for those things. On the single element days, recovery is not a limiting factor. For the G and W days, rest is long and deliberate, and the focus is kept clearly on improvement of the element and not on total metabolic effect. For the two element days, days two, six, and 10, the structure is typically a couplet of exercises performed alternately until repeated for a total of three to five rounds and performed for time. We say these days are task priority days because the task is set and the time is what varies. The workout is most often scored by the time required to complete the prescribed rounds. The two elements themselves are designed to be moderate to high intensity and work to rest interval management is critical. These elements are made intense by pace, load, reps, or some combination. Ideally, the first round is hard but possible, whereas the second and subsequent rounds will require pacing, rest, and breaking the task up into manageable efforts. Over here on the side, we have a quote by Greg Glassman. A strength and conditioning regimen devoid of gymnastics practice and skills is deficient, period. For the three element days, days three, seven, and 11, the structure is typically a triplet of exercises, this time repeated for a specific number of minutes and scored by number of rotations or repetitions completed. We say these workouts are time priority because the athlete is kept moving for a specific time and the goal is to complete as many cycles as possible. At the bottom of page 74, we've got table four, which is workout examples using this template. And this just goes down the list of days as were referenced in some of the above paragraphs. And it just shows you good examples of what single modality days look like, couplets look like, and triplets. The elements are chosen in order to provide a challenge that manifests only through repeated cycles. Ideally, the elements chosen are not significant outside of the blistering pace required to maximize rotations completed within the time, typically 20 minutes allotted. This is in stark contrast to the two element days where the elements are of a much higher intensity. This workout is tough, extremely tough, but managing work to rest intervals is a marginal factor. Each of the three distinct days has a distinct character. Generally speaking, as the number of elements increases from one to two to three, the workout's effect is due less to the individual elements selected and more to the effect of repeated efforts. Table four depicts workout examples following this template. Let's take a break for a quote from Greg Glassman. No successful strength and conditioning program has anywhere ever been derived from scientific principles. 
those claiming efficacy or legitimacy on the basis of theories they've either invented or corralled to explain their programming are guilty of fraud. Programming derives from clinical practice and can only be justified or legitimized by the results of that practice. And finally, the bottom of page 75, application. The template in discussion does not generate the CrossFit.com workout of the day, but the qualities of one, two, and three element workouts expressed there motivated the template's design. Our experience in the gym and the feedback from our athletes following the workout of the day have demonstrated that the mix of one, two, and three element workouts are crushing in their impact and unrivaled in bodily response. The information garnered through your feedback on the workout of the day has given CrossFit an advantage in estimating and evaluating the effective workouts that may have taken decades or been impossible without the internet. Typically, our most effective workouts, like art, are remarkable in composition, symmetry, balance, theme, and character. There is a choreography of exertion that draws from a working knowledge a physiological response, a well-developed sense of the limits of human performance, the use of effective elements, experimentation, and even luck. Our hope is that this model will aid in learning this art. The template encourages new skill development, generates unique stressors, crosses modes, incorporates quality movements, and hits all three metabolic pathways. It does this within a framework of sets, and reps, and a cast of exercises that CrossFit has repeatedly tested and proven effective. We contend that this template does a reasonable job of formally expressing many CrossFit objectives and values. The top of page 76, The Girls for Grandmas. In September 2003, we introduced six benchmark workouts to test performance and improvements through repeated irregular appearances. These workouts were given the names Angie, Barbara, Chelsea, Diane, Elizabeth, and Fran. These six workouts are as good as any to demonstrate our concept of scalability. Here, we offer versions of those workouts that have been tuned down in intensity and had exercises substituted to accommodate any audience, particularly the elderly, beginner, or deconditioned athlete. With scaling, the intent is to preserve the stimulus, as in adhere to as many of the original workout factors as possible relative to the individual's physical and psychological tolerances. The first example is Angie, the original as written is four time 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, and 100 squats. Scaled, we could do four time 25 ring rows, 25 push-ups off of the knees, 25 sit-ups, and 25 squats. The next workout is Barbara. Originally as written, five rounds for time of 20 pull-ups, 30 push-ups, 40 sit-ups, and 50 squats with a three-minute rest in between rounds. 
Scaled, this could look like three rounds for time of 20 ring rows, 30 push-ups off the knees, 40 sit-ups, and 50 squats, again, with three minutes of rest between rounds. Next workout is Chelsea. Originally as written, it is five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats, each minute on the minute for 30 minutes. In the scaled version, we could go with five ring rows, 10 push-ups off of the knees, and 15 squats, each minute on the minute for 20 minutes. Diane is the next workout. Originally, as written, it is four time, 21-15-9 reps of deadlift at 225 pounds and handstand push-ups. Scaled, we could go four time, 21-15-9 reps of deadlift at 50 pounds and dumbbell shoulder press at 10 pounds each. The next workout is Elizabeth. Again, it is four time, 21-15-9 reps of cleans at 135 pounds and ring dips. Scaled, we could modify this to be four time, 21-15-9 reps of clean at 25 pounds and bench dips. The next workout is Fran. Originally, as written, four time, 21-15-9 reps of thrusters at 95 pounds and pull-ups. Scaled, we could have it at four time, 21-15-9 reps of thrusters at 25 pounds and ring rows. Our next section is anatomy and physiology for jocks, starting at the top of page 80. Effective coaching requires efficient communication. This communication is greatly aided by coach and athlete sharing a terminology for both human movement and body parts. We have developed an exceedingly simple lesson in anatomy and physiology that we believe has improved our ability to accurately and precisely motivate desired behaviors and enhance our athletes' understanding of both movement and posture. Basically, we ask that our athletes learn four body parts, three joints, not including the spine, and two general directions for joint movement. We cap our anatomy and physiology lesson with the essence of sports bi biomechanics distilled to three simple rules. We use a simple iconography to depict the spine, pelvis, femur, and tibia. We show that the spine has a normal S shape and where it is on the athlete's body. We similarly demonstrate the pelvis, femur, and tibia. And there's an illustration at the bottom of page 80, which will be very familiar to many of you. Uh, definitely check it out. It illustrates the trunk, the hip, and the leg. We next demonstrate the motion of three joints. First, the knee is the joint connecting tibia and femur. Second, working our way up is the hip. The hip is the joint that connects the femur to the pelvis. Third is the sacroiliac joint or the SI joint, which connects the pelvis to the spine. 
we additionally make the point that the spine is really a whole bunch of joints. We explain that the femur and tibia constitute the leg and that the pelvis and spine constitute the trunk. On page 81, there are a number of illustrations with a person demoing next to the drawing and how you could illustrate it to your athletes. Very valuable images to look up for your own reference. That completes our anatomy lesson. Now for the physiology. We demonstrate that flexion is reducing the angle of a joint and that extension is increasing the angle of a joint. Before covering our distillation of essential biomechanics, we test our students to see if everyone can flex and extend their knee or leg, hip, spine, and sacroiliac joint or trunk on cue. When it is clear that the difference between flexion and extension is understood at each joint, we cue for combinations of behaviors. For instance, flex one leg and trunk, but not your hip. Once the joints, parts, and movements are clear, we offer these three tidbits of biomechanics. The first one is, functional movement generally weds the spine to the pelvis. The SI joint and spine were designed for small range movement in multiple directions. Endeavor to keep the trunk tight and solid for running, jumping, squatting, throwing, cycling, etc. The second one is the dynamics of those movements comes from the hip primarily extension. Powerful hip extension is certainly necessary and nearly sufficient for elite athletic capacity. And the third point is do not let the pelvis chase the femur instead of the spine. We refer to this as the muted hip function. The pelvis chases the femur. The hip angle remains open and is consequently powerless to extend. Four parts, three joints, two motions, and three rules give our athletes and us a simple but powerful lexicon and understanding whose immediate effect is to render our athletes at once more coachable, we could not ask for anything better. Thank you for listening to the United by Strength podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the information that we were able to put out today. Please take from it what you want and leave what you don't. If you have feedback for us, please send it to unitedbystrengthpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review if you have the time. It really helps people find the podcast and allows us to grow our base of listeners. Thank you.